All right. God bless everybody. What's going on? Hope you're doing well. Sitting here right now with my, my co-pastor, Tristan, is here listening in. She's not mic'd up, so you won't hear her. She might commentate from the background, give me direction and pointers. But either way, I'm in a different location. It might sound a little bit different. I'm up in the kitchen of my house. My boys aren't here, so I'm on a mini vacation, a little break from, from that action. So um, that's what's going on right now. As we continue in the book of Acts, we are in chapter 16 of the book of Acts, and we'll just get right into it. Hope you guys have been enjoying this this book, this um, story of the early church, this account. Remember, Luke is our narrator, is our author, and um, Acts is a continuation of the book of Luke. So, the early church is being established, the gospel message of Jesus Christ is being preached, and everywhere they go, the power of God and the Holy Spirit is being displayed through the apostles in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. They're very intentional about giving credit to Jesus. And, and by, by that authority, they're able to do the signs, the wonders, and the miracles that, that are spoken of in this book. So, first caption reads, Timothy goes with Paul and Silas. Real quick, that's the first mention we hear of Timothy, um, who we're going to learn a lot more about. That's the same Timothy from the book of the the first and second book of Timothy, uh, the two letters that Paul writes to Timothy. So this is the first mentioning in the Bible of Timothy. Verse one: Paul went to the city of Derby and then to Lystra, where a follower of Jesus named Timothy lived. Timothy's mother was a Jewish believer, but his father was a Greek. The believers in the cities of Lystra and Iconium had only good things to say about him. Paul wanted Timothy to travel with him, but all the Jews living in that area knew that his father was a Greek. So Paul circumcised Timothy to please the Jews. Verse 4. Then Paul and those with him traveled through other cities. They gave the believers the rules and decisions from the apostles and elders in Jerusalem. They told them to obey these rules. So the churches were becoming stronger in their faith, and the number of believers was growing every day. So real quick, that is, we've talked about it multiple times, that's one of the essential themes of this book, is that the gospel message is preached, and the body of believers is added to daily. It keeps growing and growing. So they're obedient by preaching the same message, the true message, and the number of believers is growing every day. That's at least the fifth time that's been noted That's been noted in this book. Next caption reads, Paul is called to Macedonia. Verse 6, Paul and those with him went through the areas of Phrygia and Galatia because the Holy Spirit did not allow them to tell the good news in the province of Asia. So remember from the Gospels, um, Jesus tells us that the advocate, who is the Holy Spirit, will guide us and lead us into all truth. Here we see the Holy Spirit did not allow Paul and Timothy to tell the good news in the province of Asia. Um, I don't know if it says why or not. Maybe it'll tell, tell us that in the next verses. But either way, um, they're led by the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will guide them into all truth. So they're just being obedient. So verse 7, it goes on to say, when they reached the border of Mysia or Mysia, 
they tried to go on into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not let them go there. So they passed by Mysia and went to the city of Troas. Verse 9, That night Paul saw a vision. In it, a man from Macedonia came to Paul. The man stood there and begged, Come across to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we immediately prepared to leave for Macedonia. Note there's a caption above we. It reads, We, Luke, the writer, apparently went with Paul to Macedonia, but did not leave Philippi with with him. It says, see verse 40. Then it goes on to say the first person pronoun occurs again in chapter 20, verses 5 through 21. Uh, excuse me, tw- uh, chapter 20, verse 5, through chapter 21, verse 18, and again in chapter 27, verses 1 through 28. Or maybe that's ch- uh, chapter 27, verse 1, and chapter 28. Either way, in and out, um, Luke is using the first person pronoun as he's writing this account. It's interesting, too, because... While Luke was the narrator and author of of this account, there was more than likely a scribe who would do the actual writing. So Luke is telling the account to somebody who's scribing it down. Um, that was the case in in many of the of many of the books of the Bible. I don't know for sure the details. That would be an interesting study to do. Who actually scribed with their own hand? I believe Paul in one of the Letters he writes in the New Testament says, I have written this with my own hand, which tells us that sometimes they write it and sometimes they don't. But either way, um, that's how a lot of these books were created. It was by the narrator and then from somebody else doing the actual scribing. So it goes on to say, we understood that God had called us to tell the good news to those people. So Paul got a vision and he was obedient to it. He understands that now he's, he's required to tell the good news to these people, to spread the gospel message. Next caption reads, The Conversion of Lydia. Verse 11, We left Troas in a ship and sailed to the island of Samothrace. The next day we sailed to the city of Neapolis. Then we went to Philippi, a Roman colony, and the leading city in that part of Macedonia. We stayed there for a few days. On the Sabbath day, we went out the city gate to the river. There we thought we might find a special place for prayer. Some women had gathered there, so we sat down and talked with them. There was a woman there named Lydia from the city of Thyatira. Her job was selling purple cloth. She was a worshiper of the true God. Lydia was listening to Paul, and the Lord opened her heart to accept what Paul was saying. She and all the people living in her house were baptized. That's another uh, reoccurring theme from this book. People hear the, the gospel message and they receive it and they want to be baptized. Uh, next, it goes on to say, Then she invited us into her home. She said, If you think I am a true believer in the Lord Jesus, come stay in my house. She persuaded us to stay with her. Paul and Silas in jail. That's the next caption. Verse 16, one day we were going to the place for prayer and a servant girl met us. She had a spirit in her that gave her the power to tell what would happen in the future. 
There's a caption above that word spirit. It says a spirit from the devil that gave special knowledge. Um, so for a second, that sounded like prophecy, which would be from God. Um, but the caption tells us that this particular spirit was of the devil. So we, we know that we can be led by the Holy Spirit or we can be led by a different spirit that is contrary to the spirit of God. And we know that God, this, uh, Satan is the father of lies and the Holy Spirit leads us to all truth. They're contrary to each other. Um, it says, by doing this, she earned a lot of money for the men who owned her. Verse 17, she started following Paul and the rest of us around. She kept shouting, these men are servants of the Most High God. They are telling you how you can be saved. She continued doing this for many days. She's not lying about that. This bothered Paul, so he turned and said to the spirit, By the power of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. Immediately, the spirit came out. Verse 19, When the men who owned the servant girl saw this, they realized that they could no longer use her to make money. Uh, Jesus, in the end of one of the Gospels, gives us authority. I believe it's from Luke. Uh, the authority to cast out demons, to heal the sick, to cleanse leper, lepers, and to raise the dead. He says, freely I have given you. Freely you have, uh, freely I've given you. Sorry. He says, freely you've received, freely give. So that was from the gospel accounts. And here we see Paul doing just that. He cast out this evil spirit from this uh, woman. And so the men who owned this, this girl, who was doing these, the work of the devil for them, uh, they realized that they could no longer use her to make money. So she was just a, a gimmick for, for them. So they grabbed Paul and Silas and dragged them to the public square to meet with the authorities. They brought Paul and Silas before the Roman officials and said, These men are Jews and they are making trouble in our city. They are telling people to do things that are not right for us as Romans to do. The, the whole crowd turned against Paul and Silas. The officials tore the clothes off both men and ordered that they be beaten with rods. They were beaten severely and thrown into jail. The officials told the jailer, Guard them very carefully. When the jailer heard this special order, he put Paul and Silas far inside the jail and bound their feet between large blocks of wood. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing songs to God. So they had just been beaten severely, placed in prison, and at midnight, they're up praying and singing to God. The other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was an earthquake so strong that it shook the foundation of the jail. All the doors of the jail opened, and the chains on all the prisoners fell off. The jailer woke up and saw that the jail doors were open. He thought that the prisoners had already escaped. So he got his sword and was ready to kill himself. There's a caption above that that reads, He thought the leaders would kill him for, get, for letting the prisoners escape. So he realized um, he was in charge of this, this gate, this prison. He had failed his responsibility. He figured he was going to get killed. So he was ready to kill himself. But Paul shouted, don't hurt yourself. We are all here. So the prisoners are still here. Paul's like, we're here. We're, we didn't leave. Verse 29, the jailer told someone to bring a light. Then he ran inside and shaking with fear, fell down in front of Paul and Silas. 
fell down in front of Paul and Silas. Then he brought them outside and said, Men, what must I do to be saved? They said to him, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and all who live in your house. So Paul and Silas told the message of the Lord, told the message of the Lord to the jailer and all the people who lived in the house and all the people who lived in his house. It was late at night, but the jailer took Paul and Silas and washed their wounds. Then the jailer and all his people were baptized. After this, the jailer took Paul and Silas home and gave them some food. All the people were very happy because they now believed in God. What a crazy turn of events. They go from they go from reading, uh, excuse me, they go from guarding the prison. An earthquake opens and, and looses Paul and Silas from their chains. This prisoner is ready to kill himself because he, feel, he, he believes he failed his duty to, to guard the gates, to guard the prison, and he figures he's going to get killed by his authorities anyway for blowing his assignment. Paul's like, nope, we're here, we're good. And this man just feels compelled to come, come to Christ, to, be, to, to believe in what Paul and them believe in. And while being invited into their homes, Paul um, ends up preaching the message of Jesus to them, and uh, they receive it. The whole household, they become baptized, and everybody's very happy because they now believe in God. So again, just being obedient, no matter the circumstances, Paul, Paul and Silas, they were, they were imprisoned, they were beaten, they don't care, they sing the praises to God, they're praying to God, and good things come of it. Because we know from the book of Romans that all things work together for good, for those who love God, for those who are called according to his purpose. Um, and that is certainly what's happening to, to um, Paul and Silas. And we see the number of believers is, continue, is continuing to be added to. Um, it goes on to say, verse 35, the next morning the Roman officials sent some soldiers to tell the jailer, let these men go free. The jailer said to Paul, the officials have sent these soldiers to let you go free. You can leave now, go in peace. But Paul, but Paul said to the soldiers, those officials did not prove that we did anything wrong, but they beat us in public and put us in jail. And we are Roman citizens. There's a caption that reads, Roman law said that Roman citizens must not be beaten before their trial. Wow. So I'm sure they didn't know they were Roman citizens, but now they know. And now that's a problem. It goes on to say, now they want us to go away quietly. No, they must come here themselves and lead us out. Verse 38, the soldiers told the officials what Paul said. When they heard that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens, they were afraid. So they came and told them they were very sorry. They were sorry. They told them they were sorry. They led them out of the jail and asked them to leave the city. But when Paul and Silas came out of the jail, they went to Lydia's house. They saw some of the believers there and encouraged them. That's what they do. They encourage believers. Then they left. And that's it. So that's it for chapter 16. Very powerful stuff. Um, I just love this account of um, Paul's journey. It's like 
when you read the when you read through the New Testament, the epistles of the the letters that Paul writes to the different churches, teaching them, instructing them, and encouraging them, it's so much more reassuring when you look back on his actual gospel journey, his 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 uh, ministry journey. You reach you look back and you see that Paul really lived and did everything that he's now writing to you about. He went through it. He physically went from house to house. Praying with people, praising people, loving on people, um, reasoning with people, spreading the gospel message. He received persecution, but he received it with joy. Um, he he um, he really did that. He really lived that life that he ended up writing several letters about. So his testimony is true, and there's a lot of power in your testimony. So I love reading back on this uh, story of the early church, and particularly the ministry of Paul the Apostle, um, it, it makes his letters that much more just profound and, and interesting, really. So I hope you guys are enjoying this like I'm enjoying this. This is the early church. The number of believers are growing. People are getting baptized. They're receiving the message of Jesus Christ. It's not by these men. It's not by Paul's might. It's not by Silas. It's not by Peter. It's not by any of them. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit and in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is why they were able to do these things that is why the church is growing and to this day is still growing. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this word. I thank you for this instruction. I pray for the encouragement of the person listening to this right now, that they may be encouraged and find hope and rest in your word, Lord. Continue to lead us by the Holy Spirit, lead us into all truth, help us to understand you and our purpose um, as we walk in you, in fellowship with you. Um, Lord, if there's anybody who's not fully surrendered to you, may their hearts be um, just be tugged on to the point where they felt led and compelled and drawn to full submission to you. I know you are able to do this, Lord, and that is my prayer today. So I thank you, Lord. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, everybody. God bless you. Stay tuned for chapter 17. I'll see you then.